Daily Dirt Nap. Money Talks. Own your life. With Jared Dillian and Money Talk on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. And joining us live is... Jared Dillian, seven forty one. He in has, the flesh. He has his book. No worries. How did you get an advance copy? Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for mine. Yeah. The publisher sent me twenty five advance copies. Ah. Oh, mine must be my under the tree, right? And I ordered. <laughs> I ordered another two hundred and fifty. Ooh, okay. Because you're having a have book the, signing. Yeah, we're coming having up. the book signing. Yeah, which is going to be Thursday, the twenty fifth of January. Yeah, I put at it in back my again calendar. Bookshop. Yep. That bookshop is uh, very nice. It's over by the Fresh Market um, off of like uh, 79th Avenue North in uh, the the city of Myrtle Beach. So uh, glad to be back there. That's going to be cool. Yep. All right. So no worries. How to Live a Stress-Free Financial Life by Jared Dillian. Which which number book is this now? Uh, This is number four. Number four. So I asked you to read from it. Yeah, I'll do a little reading. Because people can pre-order the book still, yep. and that'll help you get on the um, on the bestseller list. So if you can pre-order it, will they get it before the book signing? Yeah, you will, you'll get it. You'll basically get it the 23rd of January. Okay, and so then you can bring, you can bring it, to, bring the it to the book signing. signing. All right, sounds And good. then you can also buy 10 more books at the book signing. So. <laughs> of course you can. All right, so Nikki, shut off my microphone because Jared Dillingen is going to read from his book. No worries. Okay, this is about optimism and pessimism. There is not a lot of money to be made being a pessimist. There is lots of money to be made in being an optimist. Think of it this way. It is very difficult to bet against human ingenuity. Yes, progress is not linear. The whole history of human advancement is one of three steps forward, two steps back. And there is a whole class of investor that is very focused on trying to profit from the two steps back. But that is a very hard way to make a living. You have to have impeccable timing. Having said that, I found that there is a certain naivete that goes along with being an optimist. And I hear this from people all the time. The market always comes back. It sure has over the last 100 years, but there is no rule that says that will be the case in the future. I prefer a philosophy of cautious optimism. You want to be positively exposed to human ingenuity, but you have to manage risk along the way because drawdowns and pullbacks in markets can mess with your psychology. You should not be investing in stocks unless you are prepared to lose half your money. Full stop. So then the question becomes, how do you mitigate risk? There are ways to do that, which we will discuss in time. The other problem with saying that the market always comes back is that, yes, it generally does, but perhaps not on a time frame that is acceptable to you. From 1929 to 1945, the market went nowhere, 16 years down the tubes with a depression along the way. From 1969 to 1982, the market went nowhere with one big bear market in between. If you were getting to retire in 2000, for example, you just lost half your retirement in two years, which is going to greatly reduce your standard of living. This is why the conventional wisdom is that the older you get, the more exposure you should have to bonds. The old rule of thumb was that your allocation to bonds should be equal to your age. So if you are 70 years old, you should have a 70% allocation to bonds. That pretty much went out the window in the bull market of the 2010s, and oldsters were loading up their portfolios with tech stocks. That's just bad risk management. But you know how it is. Greed takes over, and cautious optimism goes out the window. How's that? Yeah. So, 
When you're optimistic, do you feel that you are optimistic? No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty neutral. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm, I, I'm very different. You know, I try to, uh, I try to make money in both directions. I try to mm-hmm. make, make money on the way up and in the way down, but most people shouldn't do that. Most people shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> you need a lot of skill for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you, uh, when people say, can you help me, Jared? Cause there's a lot of people who don't, who don't, um, invest at all, like, you know, in the stock market or anything like that. And, what do you, what do you you know people may want to do something for 2024 to protect their money or maybe kind of recoup their losses well there's an interesting chart that was going around on twitter a couple of days ago and it was the percentage of households that own stocks okay hmm. okay what what percentage of households do you think own stocks mm, 8% 58% what now, does that mean like outright or like in a in a it, mutual it, fund? Also in mutual funds. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So this number has been going up over time. Mm. I mean, if you go back to like the early '80s, it was like twenty-five or thirty percent, and it's been going up and up and up. Um, I would make the statement that fifty-eight percent of people have no business owning owning stocks um, because they aren't qualified or prepared or educated enough or sophisticated enough to understand the risk and handle the risk. And like I said in that piece that I read, if you own stocks, there is going to be one, maybe two times in your life when you are going to lose 50% of your investment. You know, you gotta have a stomach for that. Yeah, you're just gonna have it's and a a lot of people don't don't understand the risk, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, from even just recently from 2000 to 2002, the market went down 50% from 2007 to 2009, the market went down 57%. Uh-huh. Last year in 2022, the market went down 25%. So you have bear markets and corrections and big generational bear markets along the way. And it's tough to stay invested during those corrections, mm-hmm. you know, because it messes with your psychology. You know, if you've been investing for 20 or 30 years and you have like 600000 saved up and then it turns into 300000 like you are going to panic. You're going to panic and you're going to sell and you're going to stop compounding. That's usually how it works. Mm. Yeah. So you just have to kind of stay the course. Well... Until you know it comes the back the, the book offers a different solution than just investing in stocks, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, if they buy like an S and P five hundred mutual fund, they're like, "Hey, I own five hundred stocks, so I'm diversified. I have five hundred stocks, mm-hmm. like I'm perfectly diversified." But the problem is, is that a hundred million other people have the exact same trade, and you're not diversified at all. So then they say, "Well, I'm going to own stocks and bonds. I'm going to have sixty percent stocks and forty percent bonds." But the problem with that is there's two problems with that. One is that they're both financial assets. And two, there's periods of time, like in 2022, when stocks and bonds are correlated and you're actually compounding your risk. So you have to be diversified across a bunch of asset classes, which includes commodities and real estate and cash. Okay. And that's really the solution in the investment part of this book is talking about this thing that I created called the awesome portfolio where you were diversified across stocks, bonds, cash, gold, and real estate. It's like the 20, 20, 20, 20, Yep, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, like I said, from 2007 to 2009, the market went down 57%. The awesome portfolio during that time period went down 9%. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And so then you're like, well, it must return less. Well, yes, it does return less, but not much less. You know, over the last 100 years, stocks have returned about 9%. Mm-hmm. The awesome portfolio returns about 8%. Mm-hmm. So you are giving up 1% in performance for massively reducing your risk. Mm-hmm. That's the magic of it. Okay. So someone has a question on the Showtime Autoglass text line, real quick here. Uh, well, it says never mind. You just answered it. <laughs> he, ju- <laughs> I, he just he just texts that in, so never mind. It was about uh, buying and holding in the uh, S and P five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about that Japanese company buying up the uh, steel? I mean, I have I, I really have no problems with it. You know, I saw the video with Fetterman mm-hmm. standing in front of like a, a steel mill and yeah. like complaining about it and stuff. Um, I mean, the symbol of the symbolism of it is bad. You know, U.S. Steel, it's like the most American company of all time. Right. Goes back 100 years. But um, by the way, U.S. Steel was trading at three bucks a couple years ago. And now it's trading at 57 bucks. So wow. the shareholders mm. of U.S. Steel have done really, really well. So I don't have any problems with it. Mm. All right. So um, as this year winds down, what did you learn? What did I learn this year? Yeah. Maybe uh, about yourself. Well, from I mean, from, you've been building a home. You've been writing books. You've been publishing. From an investing standpoint, I've learned patience. Mm. Patience. Lots and lots of patience. Um, there's, uh, there's a trade I'm involved in. Basically, I'm betting that short-term interest rates are going to go down. And I started building this position um, three or four months ago. And... You know, sometimes you put on a trade and it doesn't work right away. You have to wait. And I had to wait a, wait a really long time, and now it's paying off. Okay. And it's, uh, it's, it's one thing you learn as you get older is patience. So, mm-hmm. What about personally? Personally? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm still a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> is there something you want to focus on in 24? Um, something we can learn from? Well, you know, the, the book is coming out in January. I'm moving in February. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I might be starting up a new business in, in April. Um, really? I, yeah, I guess I can talk about that. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it yet, but um, I'm thinking about starting what's called a CTA, what's which it's a, it's a commodity trading advisor. Mm. And what a CTA is, it's basically like a hedge fund that just uses futures. That's that's the best way to describe it. It's a hedge fund that just uses futures, um, futures and options. So um, I'm thinking about doing that, and I'm also going to publish my book of short stories uh, towards the end of next year, like probably November. Um, wow, you got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take you a while to get that house set up too. Yeah, um, the house uh, the house is really coming along. Um, I mean, you're gonna have to furnish it and yeah, window I, covering. Did you ever see the movie Boiler Room? Oh, now you've heard of like the Wolf of Wall Street, right? You've heard yeah, of the Wolf yeah, of Wall yeah. Street. All right, so 20 years before the Wolf of Wall Street, there was a there was a movie called Boiler uh-huh. Room, which is about the exact same story. It's about Jordan Belfort oh. and Stratton Oakmont. It's the exact same story. Okay. Uh, ben Affleck was in it. Um, Giovanni Ribisi, Neil Long. It's a pretty good movie, but in the movie, these guys make so much money uh, selling penny stocks Mm -hmm. that they buy this humongous house, 
and the only thing they have in it is a TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you feel. That's, that's going to be my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's uh, it's you got. I think it looks a lot bigger than your current house, right? Yeah. And you're gonna have to. And we're gonna get another cat. Okay. Yeah. Did you go over to Purimpore? Uh There's. I, there's a cat there that I really want, but we I, we can't get it until we move into the new house. Why? So uh, it's I don't want to move a, I don't want to move a cat into my old house for like two months and then. What move if it someone into the takes house. the other cat? I know, I know. What are you doing? The cat's name is Rosemary. What's wrong with the you? The guy willing to take a gamble with money won't take a gamble with a cat. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah. Well, talk to my wife. If it yeah. was me, I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, have a very Merry Christmas. Will we talk to you next week? Or yeah, you... I'll be here next week. Okay, good. Yeah. So we'll talk to you before the new year. And very Merry Christmas to you and your family. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas, Liz. Merry Christmas, Merry Nick. Merry Christmas. Thank you.